what is going on ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another edition of the jays for days podcast i'm josh he's josh we got jays jumpers jaron jackson juniors john Rance, joe johnson's jaw wraps of course shouts to the memphis grizzlies not the timberwolves we're gonna have to fix this whole trying to come back from down 10 in the fourth quarter because steph curry and clay and steve kerr are not going to make nearly the dumb decisions that D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns do, but we've got jaw rafts and John Morantz and Janet Jackson juniors. Nonetheless, we've got Jesse Gunn for days. Josh Hayden. By the end of this thing, we might need to put some Jordan pools in there too. That guy's annoying, <laughs> annoying. And, and the thing I was talking to somebody about this today, the most impressive thing about the rise of Jordan pool is not really the fact that he can score because like we knew he could score yeah now did we think that maybe he all of a sudden is like the second best player on a warriors team that still includes both draymond and clay no probably not we probably didn't see that one coming but with that being said the thing that's most impressive is a his decision making and to his playmaking like and like right when he's feeling it he's always going to take i mean there he made a couple of shots that were just they were just bad shots but he made them and so it's just impressive which right. that's, that's the way that that, that's the way that thing. right right right, right. Yeah. so so that's not like to this level yeah okay maybe a little surprising but it's the you know even like the quick pass you make on an offensive rebound to a guy that's gotten lost under the basket even though it's the right pass and perhaps not like you're not really going to remember it. There are a lot, you know, even like he's become a playmaker in the pick and roll too. Not just a guy who can, who's figured out how to score at the NBA level. He's annoying. I'm over him. <laughs> like, like right now, like wildly enough in the fourth quarter, I'd rather clay take a three. I was like, Oh, clay's going to take that three. Great. I'd rather him take it than Jordan Poole, which is the issue when playing the Warriors in the first place that you have to yeah. choose between Jordan Poole or Clay or Steph. But um, yeah, he's it's been one game. I'm already over it. I'm already and over it. There were a couple of times too. He got he got himself wide open underneath the basket. Right. There's he just, moves really, really well without the basket. Yeah, there's really, just really every, well. that's a that's a good point. That right. There's a it's he's not just a high level NBA scorer. Right. He's simply a very good NBA player at this point. And right. We just need to accept it. Right. And and that's the thing. I mean, the thing, and I was listening to to somebody else. Do like Trey Young took like a ridiculously low number of catch and shoot threes, like spot up threes this year. It was something crazy, like 24 the entire mm-hmm. season. And because when Trey doesn't have the ball, he's standing completely. He's like, he's he instead of instead of channeling his inner Steph Curry, he channels his inner James Harden when he doesn't have the basketball. Yes. Right. Cause that's what makes yes. Steph so incredibly frustrating and annoying is that he's a wizard with the ball in his hands. And then when he doesn't have it, he's literally like, you're just following him around right. for 24 seconds. Trey, Trey Young doesn't play shooting guard. And Trey and Trey isn't capable of that. Right. When Trey is a very gifted scorer at the NBA level, whether you and like him maker. or not and playmaker, but not, but he doesn't make plays without the ball in his hands, and that's what makes Steph really dangerous, and what makes Jordan Poole so frustrating to play against as well. Um, yes. But you're right; we might get to a point where we have to uh, to honorary mention him if he keeps playing like the way he did. 
against the Grizzlies in the first in game one of that semifinal series. But um, man, I think the Grizzlies, what they're just going to do for the next five years is just provide with the most entertaining playoff series. <laughs> like I'm pretty like, and we, we have, you know, we're recording this at seven, seven o'clock. We're 15 minutes away from game one of the Sixers heat series. And then you've got Mavericks Suns later tonight. So maybe those will be, just as entertaining Maverick Suns is intriguing like that one's probably going to be interesting but the Grizzlies just the way they play make and their personality and the personalities of course but like it you know those are two completely different teams the them being the Timberwolves and the Warriors and the, I will be surprised if if any series is is at, is more entertaining than that Grizzlies Warriors series but anywho um that 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 series is going to go going to go long as a it's going to be going to be a close one uh, there as well. But what we really need to talk about today is. Well, we need to talk about college players who have already turned into professional players from the way like we're talking contract negotiations like that's what that's what's happened in the last the contract negotiations have become public in college athletics over the last you know 10 days or so and we'll get into that get into nil in general um with miami and isaiah wong at the center of it but of course uh things uh, around the edges and just kind of have a conversation about what's happened in the college basketball world over the last 10 days or so we've got guys coming back to school talking crap about power five coaches <laughs> we've got it all um and we're going to talk about it today. So technically college basketball, but also there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that if I get, if I didn't give you the context and just gave you, you know, Joe talking to Joe dealing with Joe, you would not think we were talking about college hoops. That's not what you would think you we would be talking about, but and I don't know where you want to start specifically. Would you like to start with specifics or would you like me to ask you a um, philosophical question first? Well, I'm always here for philosophical questions. Okay. My philosophical question, my big picture question is, has your fundamental thoughts on NIL changed over the last 10 days because of what has happened and maybe this just leads us into we need to talk about what's happened with isaiah wong should provide context first so maybe that's where we'll start but just to like sprinkle the breadcrumbs first uh, how i think what you, for me and maybe you're different that we've really uncovered the biggest issues to solve mm-hmm. rather than me just feeling like we need to take it away completely because there are still fundamental pillars of NIL that I wholeheartedly agree with. But what's happened this week with Isaiah Wong, what's happened this week um, elsewhere in the country has complete, has shined a very, very bright light on what the people who were anti NIL and who still are, but the people who, when this was, you know, coming into effect that people were, against it this is the kind of thing that they were worried about um are you fundamentally have you fundamentally changed your thoughts on nil or do you still kind of because my foundation is still very much the same even if there are things that 
very clearly need to be ironed out, fixed, and, and regulations to a certain extent need to be put on them. Yeah, no, my fundamental thoughts haven't changed. To me, this was just where it was going. Right. And, um, yeah, it needs to be fixed. I mean, this is ridiculous. But when you don't put, and this is the only thing I have interest in talking about the NCA, because to me, that's just kind of a pointless conversation. Mm-hmm. When you don't put guidelines in place and guardrails on things, and when you let the free market have free reign mm-hmm. without any kind of guidance, this is what you get. So, yeah, to me, this was just the next step in the evolution because people weren't prepared for it. And I think the Isaiah Wong situation is a perfect example of nobody is actually thinking about the best way to do this. They're all thinking about themselves because that's how capitalism works. Mm-hmm. Right. We can point to a variety of different factors and things that happened in this saga that could have made this situation take a more, I guess, pleasant route. But you look at those people individually and you go, well, of course they weren't going to do anything different because mm-hmm. they had the ability to do what they wanted. Right. So let's add some context. Isaiah Wong, who you might recognize as a member of Miami's first elite eight run in program history first of all that's a, that that's something i hadn't realized mm-hmm. that's the deepest that miami had made it yep. into the tournament so shouts to miami isaiah wong member of that team and certainly one of the more important members of that team basically uh, let me back up nigel pack kansas state one of the most sought after college basketball transfers this year, right? Bruce Weber out at Kansas state, Nigel pack wants to leave first team, all big 12 last year, his services pricey. So, and, and highly sought after around the country in the, the highest of major programs, including Miami. And recently his recruitment came to an end with him committing to Miami, but he didn't just commit to Miami. He also signed a deal. John, John Ruiz, who is a billionaire Miami booster. He signed a two year, $800,000 NIL deal with John Ruiz's company. And also will come and play basketball in Miami. So that's, and so that's where this all starts, right? Um, Can I throw one more important part of the important yeah, absolutely. piece in there? Absolutely. This was not just something that became public. This was announced by Ruiz. Right. And, and, and that was, it was, it was a little like I'm taking my services to South Beach, LeBron James ish. Like Nigel Peck made his announcement alongside yes. John Ruiz. Ruiz said, This is what we are giving him. He's coming to Miami. Right. Which Ruiz is, was part of the announcement. Yes. Which is, at least to me, when, when we dig into this, a very, very important part of this. So that is a very public part of this. And so now all of a sudden, John Ruiz is paying Nigel Pack more money than Life Wallet, Ruiz's company, 
who is also who also has an agreement with Isaiah Wong, is all of a sudden paying this guy Nigel Pack more money than they're paying Isaiah Wong. Isaiah Wong, understandably, he's like, hey, hold on a second. Hold on one second. I'm here already. I helped lead your alma mater to an elite eight, and you're going to pay this guy more money. And the thing that has, the thing that is different about this than everything else is not that this has happened, because with all due respect to anybody who's naive enough to believe it, this kind of thing has been happening for a long time. This kind of thing of like, like using things outside of the previous parameters, like using outside influences to allure the talents of college athletes. That's been happening for a long time. So that, that fundamental thing, that fundamental practice is not new. But, but what Isaiah Wong did do is he made it super, super public. It was a public standoff between him and a billionaire that's not endorsed by Miami basketball, at least not officially, right? And or by the NCAA. So all of a sudden you've got a college basketball player staring down a billionaire asking for more money or I'm going to leave you and the Miami program. Public that's saying if I don't get a new deal, I am transferring or I'm entering the transfer portal. Right. Now, since then, <laughs> Isaiah Wong plans to return to Miami, have his NIL deal, but Ruiz is going to, quote unquote, help him find NIL opportunities with different companies. Funny how that works. Um, So that's where we are. And that has completely blown the top off of or opened Pandora's box, if you will, of the NCAA's biggest nightmare when it came to name, image and likeness is that this would become, you know, with with, you know, Jim Laranega, like in in the middle of this, and he's not allowed to like officially be like have conversations with Ruiz about this kind of thing. And he's just kind of stuck in the middle with nowhere to go. And nobody really knows what's going on, including the NCAA, because there are no regulations for this. And now we're kind of in this point where this is the the ugliest or the this is the 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 last thing that the NCAA wanted to happen. This is on the list of Mark Emmert waking up sweating at night because this kind of thing happened. And now it's happened and it's opened a big, massive conversation about NIL, about NIL versus pay for play, because yep. the two are different. And we'll talk about that for sure. Um, name, image, and likeness and pay for play are intended to be two separate things pay for play is still against the rules according to the ncaa name image and likeness is not and there's a conversation here because there's a difference between a because between getting paid for your name image and likeness and threatening to leave unless you get paid more money there's a difference between the two but the issue is how in the world are you supposed to differentiate between the two when you have no guidelines from the NCAA to help differentiate? Um, but that's basically where we are. I know I've thrown a lot at you. Here's the four things you need to know. Nigel Pack, Miami commit, $800,000 over two years, plus a car from John, John Ruiz, a billionaire Miami booster. Also paying Isaiah Wong. Isaiah Wong wants more. 
he came after him publicly. And now we have this very, very uh, messy, the, the, the messiest of situations that, uh, that you could possibly come up with. Um, and we're all talking about college basketball. This is all centered around a college basketball program. So, Mr. Doring, we've thrown a lot out there. You can pick one thing. You can pick it all. You can try to tackle it all, whatever you want to do. Um, your, your issues, your, your nightmares, your listen, here's the bottom line. Whatever you got for me, I want to hear it. Let's, uh, let's get into this conversation uh, that, has, that is sort of centering around on the week of the NFL draft, something that became maybe like the second most important yeah. story of the, of the week, um, which is, which is perhaps good for the like people who cover college basketball, but nonetheless, a very, very messy situation here at Miami that is putting a very, very bright light on some of the, the nasty intricacies of how name, image, and likeness is actually operating. First, let's acknowledge that neither Nigel Pack or Isaiah Wong did anything wrong here. So I throw that out first. I think that's a fair place to start. Nigel Pack got an NIL deal. Isaiah Wong looked up and said, what do you mean you're paying him that much? Mm-hmm. Now, I guess you could argue Wong should be grateful that he has an NIL deal in place already and has a scholarship to University of Miami, but college athletics are now a marketplace and he has every right to look up and go, why is this dude who has had a very good career, but has no, you know, doesn't have the same kind of pedigree in terms of an elite eight appearance and the national publicity Wong was getting is getting paid that much. So I don't have a, I'm totally cool with both of them. And I have no issue with Wong taking this public. Primarily because if you didn't want it to be public, don't go tweet out the details of your NIL deal you just signed. Mm-hmm. John Ruiz, what did you think was going to happen when Isaiah Wong saw those numbers? Again, he has every right to do so in theory. Now, right, like you said, there is a question as to whether this is actually legal. And maybe somehow a lawsuit gets thrown in here. I don't know. But to me, that's where this fell apart. Is nobody is stopping Ruiz from doing that. And that's why I said from at the beginning of people not sort of looking at the bigger picture and just doing what they want. Because it was not in the best interest of Miami basketball for that deal to become public. And there was no need for that deal to become public. Obviously, Nigel, if Nigel Pack ends up in Miami, obviously he got himself a very nice NIL. It's two plus two equals four, right? He's very talented. It's Miami who have been on the get-go from this thing, and they're Miami. You didn't need to make the, you didn't need to announce it to the world, which then leads into the Ogun part. There's not really a discussion to be had about this at this point, but I am if I if Wong does not stay in the NBA draft and actually returns, I am fascinated to see how that backcourt works next year. <laughs> yep. 
because that's some of the danger you're getting into is how do you manage this as a from a locker room standpoint if you're going to start making these things public and of course Jim Laranega had no interest in this becoming public he's not dealing with any of this stuff right a because he doesn't want to and b because he can't right so that's that's my specific feelings on how this sort of devolved is if you didn't want to get to this point, somebody other than the NCA had to step up and say, let's really think about how we're going to do this. And nobody did. So here we are. Well, in, in, in the NCA absolutely deserves what it's getting. Sure. Yeah. Because right. The, the reason NIL is happening when it is, is because of the league uh, of the, legal legislation and the pressure that was put on the NCAA to make this kind of thing happen. And as a result, right. But you know what also has happened recently? The transfer portal, immediate eligibility, all of these other, like, like this is NIL alone would be the biggest transition period in the history of the NCAA easily. Yep. And you know, what would be second? The new immediate eligibility yeah so we're st- so we're saying in terms of the way that at least at the very highest of levels right the two f- most fundamental parts of the way that talent moving around in college basketball and college football specifically the two things the the two pillars if you will now that sounds very ncaa of me is that if you want to transfer, you got to sit out of here, unless it's for you know special reasons. Not that we ever got really like any real oh, parameters on on that, but you know that's how the NCAA. So it would be you have to sit out one year if you want to transfer for no reason, other than like I just want to transfer, right? I mean, you know what I mean. And two, amateurism, right? Those were the two biggest things that right you couldn't pay them to come there. You had to woo them in other ways. You're the them by the program, the prestige, this, that, NCAA tournaments, like yada, 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 so on and so forth. We changed both of those things at the same time. And as a result, and, and didn't really put parameters on either. And nope. then you add the fact that everybody has like 44 years of eligibility right now. <laughs> and what you get is an already, an organization that procrastinated so long because they were so afraid of losing all of the power that they've lost all of it now. Not some of it, and not even like some in increments, but you lost all of it. And as a result, this is what you're, you're getting. You're getting. You're getting people taking advantage of, not that, like, right, like you said, not that you have to get, you should get mad at somebody for taking advantage, but there are no parameters. So why not, you know, do what you will when there's no borders on what you can and can't do? Yeah. And then you add on top of the fact that guys get to transfer one time whenever they want to. They get to transfer and play immediately. So as a result, you get something that looks very, 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 very similar to professional sports. Something that that all of a sudden it's not a it doesn't look like college athletics because it's not 
And, and, and that starts with, and that's not Isaiah Wong's fault. That's not Nigel Pack's fault. That's not John Ruiz's fault. That's not the Miami program's fault. That's the NCAA's fault because they were pushed into this because the only, because the only way it was going to happen is if they were forced to, instead of 10 years ago, even if it's behind closed doors, start putting things in place, leaving breadcrumbs. And then when you look up, it was really like a 10-year thing, a 10-year sort of transition. Like you, you lay breadcrumbs, you make changes, and then all of a sudden you get to that point and you've got things in place, right? Nobody makes changes this big from zero to 100 the way the NCAA does. And this is what you get. This is nobody's fault but the NCAAs. And I don't care... Right. And, 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 you know, I'm reading about this and now I'll stop here. I'll stop so that you can you know, add your thoughts. But, but when you read none of this, when you read quotes from coaches about this, none of it is screw Isaiah Wong, right? Not that they would ever say that, mm-hmm. but none of it is screw Isaiah Wong. None of it is. I can't believe Nigel Pack did that because of course, like, they understand, even if it's behind closed doors, they understand that if like somebody else is going to pay them $400,000 more to go somewhere else, they'd probably go. Unless you're already making, you know, four million. You, you get my point. Yes. Yeah. Especially if you're going, if you're making a 400,000% increase on what you were making last year, of course you would. But it's quotes like, there's quote, there's no, this is an ACC coach. There's no education on how we are allowed to handle this. Or at least the education that's been given is awful, end quote. Or it's, quote, I don't know what the solution is. That's the crazy part, end quote. And, like, they don't know the solution, and they know the NCAA doesn't. And and they also know, don't know what they're supposed to do. You right. get both points there. Right. I don't know how this ends. And also, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Right. Exactly. Because we forgot the part, the NCAA forgot the part of how do coaches operate in this if they're not allowed to actually talk about it and interact with the people who are responsible for the money. And like, like you can cry me a river NCA coach. If you're like, I just, my job's harder now like that. I don't care about everybody. There's a lot of people who have jobs a lot harder than you do. I don't care about that. But what is frustrating and th- something I can relate to is your job getting more complex and harder without you getting, without you being set up to be able to handle it. That I can relate to. And you can relate to, and everybody else can relate to, is being asked to do more or have your job fundamentally change without telling you, without at least giving you parameters of how it's going to work and give you some sort of jumping off point. Because the NCAA didn't do that for college coaches. And that's, and that's where it gets tough. Um, So yes, there's my spiel. Um, What else you got? You made me think of something when you were at the beginning. Did you see who entered the transfer portal yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I did not. Who? <laughs> Teddy Allen. Did he? Teddy Allen is, unless I'm doing my math wrong, this is going to be in school six. Oh, I love that. He has been around when you said the, all of this eligibility. <laughs> that was just immediately what I thought of. Teddy Allen can apparently still play college basketball. So, yes, players can play for a long time with the way this whole thing is evolved mm-hmm. with COVID and everything. Yeah, and, and this just highlights or 
exacerbates is probably the better word, my big pet peeve about the portal, which is, and not the, not the portal, the no penalty transfer, which is even more so now with NIL, it's not even just the mid-majors who can't keep guys. If you're not an established high major powerhouse brand. And I'll stop you. I'll stop you one short of that. It's if you don't have billionaires that happen to graduate from your school. Right. That, That part of it too. Right. Miami is a massive winner in this simply because they have all these people who are happy to throw money out there. Right. They're right. That, that the count, the, the basketball brand mm-hmm. is nowhere near the football brand, but it's right. Miami. So it doesn't matter. Right. Miami They're, is going to do this time and time again. Right. Yeah. And that's always the part that bothered me is, I mean, there's just nothing you can do. It breaks my heart. Tyrese Hunter is not coming back to Iowa state. I get it from his perspective. I just don't know what T.J. Otzelberg is supposed to do. His player got too good for him. Mm-hmm. And why did he get too and good And he's a Big 12 him? school. <laughs> right, exactly. This is a team that consistently makes the NCAA tournament. Has Big 12 tournament titles, multiple in the last decade. And why did he get too big for him? Because he had space to play him as a freshman. Right? Tyrese Hunter's not starting on Kansas as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Because Otzelberger gave him the keys to his program, now Tyrese Hunter's looking up and going, oh, I'm probably about as good as any point guard in the country. Let me see what kind of money I can get myself. And that part of it is... It's so, not, go ahead, sorry. It's not frustrating. I'm not frustrated with Hunter, but it's just frustrating to me because the flip side of this, and I think we talked about this when the portal first came out, is when you do this in the pros, you have a contract, right? You don't just have the ability to go every year and say, hey, I did better than people thought last well, year. Well, Let me just go see what's out there. Well, and, and the other thing is is that you, you're not connecting – is that the – the extra the off-court money is not attached to the contract that you have with the basketball team right Mm -hmm. right like it's not like ruiz is gonna pay isaiah wong because he likes isaiah wong just as a as a brand yeah but he can still or or nigel pack sorry right if like jordan Poole is going to make a lot of money soon because people are going to know who he is and they're going to be brands that want to have him in this commercial or body armor wants to have mm-hmm. him wear their logo on the side of his t-shirt walking in. Right. You, you know what I mean? Yes. But that doesn't have any impact on the contract he has with the Warriors. Even if, right, if he was going to get paid this offseason, he'd get paid a lot of money. He's still going to see some of that this offseason because there are brands that have nothing to do with the warriors, mm-hmm. which is, which is, and, and I'm not blaming Ruiz. I'm just saying that, that forever name, image, and likeness will, the brand and the money will always be connected to the program. Mm-hmm. It can't yes. not be right. right. Because right. The, like only the tippity tippity top, right? Like, but, 
even though like that is a very, very small, if any player is going to like get to a point where it's anybody, no matter what, who they play for, Mm -hmm. it's almost always going to be connected. Like even like, even though like Oscar Sheway, like there are, there are brands connected and intertwined with Kentucky they're going to pay them, pay him millions of dollars. Right. It's, it's not even, even though Nike probably would be interested if they could. Right. Um, it's, it's still people who have a personal connection to Kentucky that want to make Shibuya a millionaire to come back to Kentucky for another year. And, and, and that's sorry. just super, that's just super, super hard. Go ahead. Yeah. And that is what you said at the very beginning there to me is the core of the difference between NIL and pay Right. Oscar Sheepway, now, yes. Are there benefits to being in Kentucky? Sure. Sure. There have always been benefits right. to being in Kentucky. Right. That's just, and right, that's kind of where my head goes, is that's how it's always been. Oscar Sheepway came in Kofi Coburn last year, too. And Coburn was pretty open about it. And Scotty, Scotty Pippen Jr. was incredibly open about this. Of, I came back because I can make money now. Mm-hmm. Right? I Oscar Sheba is going to be able to make all kinds of NIL money off of what this is supposed to be, which is he is helping elevate Kentucky's brand. He is providing entertainment on the court because the dude is a machine. Mm-hmm. He is enhancing the Kentucky men's basketball experience. He is drawing people to the University of Kentucky and therefore can benefit from the brand he is creating for himself. Right. That is how this is supposed to work. And that's the difference, and I, right? People have been pointing out that we need to, and I concur with this, is we need to be very clear about which of these are NIL and which of these are not, mm-hmm. because that is not the situation with Nigel Pack. Right. Nigel Pack is getting paid to play for the University of Miami. Yes. Now, would he have gotten to play other places? Of course. But I, to me, it's just different. And in some way, shape, or form, I'm sure Sheboy is getting played, paid to play at the University of Kentucky. Right. But, but there's, a, and, and that's why, and that's part of why this is so hard because there's an intention thing right. at play. And, and that's impossible to quantify. You can't quantify intention. Yeah. Because it's as easy as the, the press release saying that you know, making up an intention that you can never truly, but, but this is so, and that's why I said at the beginning that this is shining a light on it, not showing, not the first time this has ever happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this is the first time that people have said to hell with it. I'm, I'm going to be completely transparent. Hey, I'm Isaiah Wong. I want you to pay me more money to play for Miami or I'm gone. That's pay for play. And with all due respect, like there, there's a small part of me that thinks and, and like, like Ruiz is not going to sell more life wallets because Nigel Pack is with, right? Like, like there's a certain, and maybe this is kind of where it comes from. Like you need to prove to me that you made that your business made more money because you paid Nigel Pack to, you know, to right. be, connected to your brand because here's how he fulfilled his end of that deal right because you know the you know honda of tuscaloosa 
I bet they can, I, I bet they wouldn't have a super hard time saying, okay, we did this and, and we had, you know, crap. I, I don't Jane Chapel. Thank you. I was, I was going with a football player, but I don't know. It's oh, a college basketball podcast. Bryce, Bryce Young. Right. Bryce Young. We gave Bryce Young an NIL deal to be on a commercial on, you know, channel four in Tuscaloosa. And the next month we saw car sales go up 10%. Now that could have nothing to do with it, but they could show me that. And, but like, I mean, like Wong might as well be like working for Liberty Mutual, right? Like, and just Liberty Mutual throwing money at, and and I know it's hard to like, like, like everything else, there's a lot of gray area, but life wallets business is not being impacted by this at all <laughs> at all because i mean it's just not it's just not and in and, and that's kind of where right this intention like that's a man with money who wants to pay nope. somebody to come play basketball for his alma mater that's what that is mm-hmm. and there's no way that you can spend it that i'm gonna believe you that that's actually good for your business model if you're a Tuscaloosa car dealership and you're trying to compete with another car dealership, it's like, and you know, someone's trying to buy a car and they think, Oh, you know what? I saw Honda of Tuscaloosa on TV and like Jane Shackelford was in the commercial. Like, mm-hmm. y- like you can, you can convince me of that, yeah. but and, there and are some things you can't. And, and maybe that's, that plays a, a role in this in a future world in which there's some more regulation on this, but that's, the intention with what's happened at Miami it like, we're not even trying to cover it up. And right. that's, and, and that's the biggest thing for me here. That's been highlighted is the intention is money in pockets to play. And that's not what NIL is supposed to be. And you hit on the important distinction, which, and I was trying to get down to the, the sort of nitty gritty. Yeah. The microscopic level to a certain extent. And you, you nailed it. Right. John Ruiz isn't doing this to compete with other people. Buffalo Wild Wings has given Doug Eater an endorsement deal to post about his wings on Instagram. So that they buy their wings instead of Pizza Hut's for the right. final four. Right. Because people are going to look at that and go, well, Doug, e- Doug Eater is eating yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings. Maybe I should too. Right. And that has nothing Even if to- it's subconsciously. Right. I mean, that's the whole point of advertising. Right. That's which wild. is still which is still so wild to me. And right. that's a completely different conversation. That, right. But Snoop Dogg is in the Corona commercials. Yeah. Right. That part of it is what NIL is supposed to be. And so the the in a very specific way, the tricky part of this is when you have the people owning the businesses with a clear vested interest in a program. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what has to change is that you just set a certain amount of people who can't participate or but that's what needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. This is this is not about your right local mom and pop shop or even big national brands who want to have a an endorsement deal with whoever I'd almost prefer it that way because you know they're doing it for them. The issue becomes oh this is the owner of right the owner of so and so who is a booster of this program mm. and is clearly just, has, I mean, the NCAA has handed them 
another way to just throw money at it for fun. Masquerading as name, image, and likeness competition. Mm. That's where this has gone awry. And the only way to fix it is for the for the NCA to step in and gain control of the situation via legislation. It's the only way it fixes it. Yeah. And if there's one thing you can, if there's one thing you can count on with the NCA, it's two things. One, they're never going to, by their own submission, concede control because that's what they'll think they're doing, even though, Mm -hmm. ironically, they would actually be gaining more control back. And the other is that no matter what the NCA does, it takes a freaking eternity. Mm -hmm. Like, even if they started today, it would be 2028 before (laughs) anything official became a thing. Yeah. And And, and you have the complication of a presidency change in the middle. Right. And, and by that point, right, this is why the NCA sucks, because by the time they actually have something, have this under control in any real way, shape, or form, we'll have already passed the point where it was most important for them to have it under control. Yeah. Because we're going to get to a point where, like, and, and the transfer portal has been wild recently, right? But we're going to get to a point where the athletes in college once again have four years of eligibility unless they were hurt right and like all of them right everybody's gonna have come and gone that was in college during the covid year and players are going to now we're always going to have the one year the one time immediate eligibility like that's going to hang around but this point right now is about as wild as it's going to get because you have more you have more college athletes than ever because you have more you're ushering more in like you do every year without getting rid of nearly as many Mm -hmm. because people keep getting one more freaking year. And then you have this one year eligibility transfer as well. And then it's really easy to be like, Hey, COVID, can I be immediately eligible again? Like it's all piling on top of one another at the same time. And by the time they figure it out, like it'll still need to be regulated but the ugliest and most wild, wild west part of it will have already come and gone. Yeah. And that is, it's truly unfortunate that because there are ways to make this good for athletes without making it hell for the coaches and making everybody else in between pissed off because of the way it works. There are ways to make it happen. Will it be difficult? Yes. Will it ever be perfect? No, of course not. But there are ways to do it. And the NCAA has just completely missed the boat and they're, they're just out of luck. They're just going to have to fix it. And wherever we are at that point, like that's just where we'll be. And the part where we really needed it will already be in the river. Yeah. It's just immensely frustrating to me, but again, I'm not frustrated at at the players. I mean, I get it. You would, you would hope there would be, and part of me also hoped that, I guess I'll say this to end, part of me hoped that NIL would do the opposite mm. of, I don't need to go play at a bigger stage to make some money. Now, of course, there's always the opportunity for more money, right? But Scotty Pippen was content with what he was getting at Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. 
Now he had turned himself into, you know, an all SEC caliber player. That's still. It's still right. And so the way that this and is I still all... sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm very bad at that. And I still think that when we actually get to the season, that will be a thing. I still think that will be true. That Scottie Pippen still being in college is still a good thing for the sport. Like once we actually get to the season. Yes. That we will actually still see some of that. But for every one guy like Scottie Pippen that hangs around because he's happy with what he's making at the current school he's at, there will be three guys like Isaiah, right. that, that like Nigel Pack and like Isaiah Wong yeah. who are using it for leverage to go somewhere else. And that's the consolidation of talent and, you know, lots of, you know, high percentage of the talent and a small percentage of the sport. And that's what we don't want. But I mean, that to a certain extent was always going to happen because that was happening before, just in a different way. Yeah. Right. Guys get good. They transfer. That's what it is. It's just the free agency aspect. Yes. Yes. Well, I can throw my name in there too. It can't hurt anything. Right. And perhaps. And like I said, this is a result of it all happening at the same time. Because if nobody was getting their immediately immediate eligibility right now, then like, okay, Isaiah Wong, we'll pay you more. Or like, you know, it's okay, Isaiah Wong, you can leave, but you're going to have to sit out of here. Right. And maybe that's not fair to the player, but at least, you know, it would keep some of it under control, right? Or Nigel Pack. Yeah, like we'll, we'll, we'll give you an NIL deal. Yeah, you absolutely have earned that. But if you want more, you're going to have to leave, but you're going to have to sit out of here to get it. And maybe it's worth it to some guys. Maybe it's not. But again, this goes back to the NCAA dragged their feet. And as a result, it's all happening at the same time. Yeah, right. You've got people that can explore without penalty and schools, people affiliate unofficially connected to schools, more than happy to pay them ridiculous amounts of money that probably their current school couldn't yep and it has nothing to do with education right this isn't grad transfers now you can find ways to make that sketchy too but Mm -hmm. the idea is supposed to be it's a new educational opportunity you didn't have it's not that yeah i'm i'm you know i'm I really haven't gotten too, too worked up about it. I don't know if that surprises you or not, but to me, this is just where it was going. So we're here now. I mean, let's fix it. Yeah. I suppose, I suppose I'm not all that worked up about it just because like, ultimately I don't, that, that my issue is more with the NCAA and I've right. had issues with the NCAA right. for an eternity. The issue like, hasn't changed in years. Right. This is just a culmination of all of the... Right. Yeah. Anywho. You got anything else on that conversation for, for the time being? No, it's, let's, tra- let's go to the tangential one. <laughs> this is awesome. Hunter Dickinson at H underscore Dickinson 24. This is way more fun to talk about. He, he deleted them, right? Yeah, but I got the but I got the tweet. Ah, okay, I got okay, the tweet. Okay. So this was at 4:20 on April 29th. I believe the tweet has since been deleted. At Coach Adams underscore TTU, he added him. I love it, by the way. 
is a coward. This is, this is the tweet. Quote, at Coach Adams underscore TTU is a coward. How are you going to deny a kid the chance to play where he wanted to go? Were you really under that much pressure by your boosters to not sign off on him to take summer classes there to be able to graduate even after he announced he's not coming back? Joshua, context, I got you. <laughs> Terrence Shannon Jr. committed to play at Illinois. Sidebar, really good get for Brad Underwood. Yeah. But the, the, the transfer, Terrence Shannon, had also visited Juwan Howard and Michigan. And it seemed and it, like it was trending in that direction. Correct. It seemed like they were the favorite at the time. Now, people thought if he was going to transfer somewhere else other than Michigan, it would have because, been because of Michigan's admissions stuff. There was some of that as well. But Mark Adams apparently refusing to let Shannon take summer classes, graduate, and transfer to Michigan because the only way he would get be a, he would get that immediate eligibility was for him to finish his degree at Texas Tech, become a graduate transfer and get to play immediately wherever else he went. And apparently, alleging, shouts to Hunter Dickinson, he added him, basically saying that Mark Adams wouldn't let him do that because of his own agenda, basically. Now, we don't really know what happened, not really, but this is wild as well. From the tweet to the, like, and like, this is where real quick and then i'll let you go this is where like the coaches who try to play victim with this whole nil thing can just like eat my shorts for crying like like this is from a player's perspective nil is players after their own agendas right i want to make money i want to you know i'd love to be able to hand a hundred thousand dollars to my family I'd love to be able to, you know, my mother can stop working. My dad can stop working. All of those things, which I guess technically selfish agenda. That's fine because coaches have been operating on their own selfish agenda forever. And which is also fine. I mean, to, to Mark Adams slight defense, I'm, I'm never going to be here for like the, this is going to cost me basketball games. So I'm going to stop you from transferring where you want to transfer to. I'm never going to be here for that. I'm never going to support that. But I get it. I get that you don't want another place to win more basketball games at the expense of you losing more basketball games. Maybe not directly, but indirectly, right? Like, I get it. But, like, coaches being all like, this makes my job harder. They're not about the team. They're not about the program. But also, by the by, if I get a chance to go make $2 million more somewhere else, I'm going to take it. Um, so this is where we're at. Apparently, Mark Adams and apparently Texas Tech and Michigan are now just rivals. Like that just kind of happened, at least until, you know, for the next 12 months until Hunter Dickinson is not allowed to come back to. Eh, it's more than that, isn't it? He's only a, yeah, I mean, was he a sophomore this past year? Yeah, I think it was a sophomore. Two years left. So whenever he decides to leave, but this is, this is kind of wild and just kind of, just kind of like a footnote on what happened over the last 10 days, but still, still kind of wild. And it perfectly culminates in turn Shannon going to Illinois. The other team, Hunter Dickinson, really despises. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what Hunter Dickinson is saying. He deleted the tweets. Who Let's knows? play that game. Who told him to delete the tweet? 
Who who who? Well, that went over Juwan Howard's head. Right, right. What who who sent what what name popped up in his text messages that told him to delete it? You think it was John Howard? Sorry, not Juwan Howard. Proxy to do you think it was Juwan Howard who sent the text, even if it wasn't him who was like getting him to delete that tweet, or or did he get one from the AD? I feel like it went higher than Howard, but who knows? Who knows? You could make an argument that Howard's as high as it gets. TBH, sure. And this could also be this could also be the side of the story. Michigan is Michigan side of the story. I should right. Right. That maybe. Yeah, could be entirely true. Could be partly true. Could not be true. We're just telling you what Hunter Dickinson said. Mm-hmm. But just the the other interesting part of this is the fact that it's Texas Tech, and the fact it's Mark Adams. Because now this is the, I mean technically the second time, but from a you coached a roster and now are dealing with roster turnover from that roster. This is Mark Adams' first time, right? Maybe that's part of this. And the fact his two highest profile players are both in the transfer portal and do not appear to be coming back. I mean, well, at this point, Kevin McCuller has two choices if he doesn't go to the NBA and Terrence Shannon has committed to Illinois. So they're not coming back. Mm-hmm. Those McCuller's two choices are Gonzaga and Kansas. Right. The fact that Kansas is a finalist and all these big 12 guys is really irking me, by the way. Side note, but I just, of all the programs to have this kind of fall apart like this, that would be so low on my list of teams to pick. Mm-hmm. Miami being at the, at the front of the NIL controversy is just spot on. This one just baffles me. And it also, Taryn Shannon did the put my name in the portal, NBA, might come back, let's see how it goes thing. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately decided to leave. I don't, it just This whole thing strikes me as weird and so opposite everything I believe about Texas Tech. Yeah, I think, and I think that it's so weird and opposite everything Mark Adams thought about Texas Tech too, which is why we're kind of getting this response. Right. Very possible. Because everything, I mean, there, right. There are a host of programs that like every four years you get a really, really good team because they've kind of cultivated talent and, and to a certain extent, this has disappeared for everybody. Right. Um, I mean, Gonzaga used to be that kind of program where you're going to get a third team in three years that looks completely different. And now they're just all over the transfer portal. (laughs) Right. I mean, because you have to be at this point. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. But Texas Tech is certainly one of those teams that kind of falls under this, like, you get a guy that kind of under the radar, year two, year three, like, oh, my God, that guy's really good. And then all of a sudden you have a Final Four team with Jarrett Culver and uh, David. Uh, David Moretti. David, D- David Moretti? I think it was Davide. David Moretti. Davide? I can think you're right. I think you're right. Davide Moretti. And – then you've got a final four team and i'm sure yes my boy (laughs) well i think this was at some point like off the microphone that we were trying to remember matt mooney yes i believe that yeah i don't think that was on the podcast anyways um 
And I'm sure Mark Adams thought the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure even if it's a bit naive, yeah. And you, as you just mentioned, this is the first time going through, but maybe it was a bit naive that, to think that that perhaps the, that his program was a little above the like having to deal with this because of the culture and the success and the type of player, and that's just simply not the case. Yeah. Um, because me, well, as, as as because as good as Texas Tech is, it's not Kentucky, it's not Gonzaga, it's not Duke, and it's just going to be susceptible to this. And I think there might be a little bit of denial going on here in terms of coming to accept that and accepting that this isn't really about the, that this isn't just a two two horse race between retainment and recruiting guys coming out of high school. It's really a three horse race between like accepting that retainment's probably going to lose and that the two most important at this point are recruiting out of high school and getting after the transfer board. And to me, both can simultaneously be true or, or valid emotions of the frustration. Sure. There's just nothing you can do sometimes. Well, also your job as a college basketball coach now is to understand there's nothing you could do sometimes. Right. And it's certainly not to keep guys from doing it. Like, right. like you can make your pitch. You have all your, you have your, the right to make your pitch. But the, that, like, that would be like me going to two job interviews. And after the second interview, I decide, like, as I'm walking out, to just go ahead and let them know that I'm probably going to take the other one and then locking the front door so I can't get out because I want to go to the other place. I gave you your fair shot. We did the interview. Mm-hmm. You gave me your pitch. All great, all dandy, all the things that you're within your quote unquote rights. I don't really like that word because that's yeah. not really what we're talking about. But, yeah. but then, like, you're allowed to make your pitch, get after it see what happens but then once somebody's made their decision you're freaking weird for keeping them from making your decision if that is actually whatever right of course that's right we don't really know for certain this is hunter dickinson tweeting about it so like i guess that's important thing to mention again but like if that's really true then that sucks that's weird but you're allowed to be frustrated but you're not allowed but there's a difference between two sure you also can't stop them from leaving this is right. This is not a was Taryn Shannon eligible to enter the transfer portal conversation. This is a was Taryn Shannon eligible to be at Michigan and play this year conversation. He's at another school. Well, right, but but it did include Texas Tech more than it would otherwise, right? Because you need because he has to be able to stick around and finish classes to graduate from Texas right. Tech. That's the For, only way to make it happen. Right. So so Mark Adams. And I don't know all the Mark Adams somehow blocked. My point is he blocked Michigan specifically. Yes. Right. Right. I, I'm building on your point, not disagreeing with it. That it's not even like he could. I, and maybe he had to take the same classes to get to Illinois. I don't know. But it seemed like this was a Michigan specific thing, which right to go back to sort of the denial thing of it's not. It's not even that this was whether Taryn Shannon is playing for Texas Tech or somebody else. Mm-hmm. This is whether Taryn Shannon was playing for Michigan or somebody else. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Which makes it even weirder because mm-hmm. it's not even your own program. Right. And again, maybe that's off base. Who knows what the specifics were, but just bizarre. Yeah. And 
if I was a coach, I wouldn't like it either. Also, you get paid a lot of money and it's your job to figure out how to deal with it best you can. And I will also say, I hope that ADs understand that. Mm-hmm. In, in defensive coaches, it's, it's a lot. It's not shocking that so many coaches have gone into retirement these last couple of years. Mm-hmm. You've got to really want to sort of dive into all of this stuff and figure out how to make it work and yep. transition the way, and transition, like you said, transition the way you build your program, which Mark View is not having very many issues doing. But yeah, that is not Gonzaga of old. No, it that is, is not. That is Chet Holmgren and transfer portal guys. Yep. You know, that's what they've become. Now, you had a Drew Timmy there still, and Andrew Nemhard for a couple of years, but Andrew Nemhard was a five star recruit that started at a different school. Right. That's not your typical Gonzaga guy. No. I think I'm out. Yeah. There's the names that, and also the other interesting part of this is that May 1st was the deadline. Mm-hmm. So there was, we got almost a third wave of transfer portal stuff that hasn't started to start itself. Some of this, second tier second wave stuff has sorted itself out some of it hasn't mm-hmm. you know kendrick davis has committed tyrese hunter hasn't but now we've got the the other list of guys who have just entered their name portal so eventually we will do a portal recap there's just no point in doing it because the top transfers are changing consistently <laughs> yep exactly Exactly. But you got a national champion who has flirted with the NBA who just entered in Matt Meyer. Mm-hmm. Just happened. And you just saw what Teddy Allen could do in the NCAA tournament. Those are the kind of guys that came in the third wave. So we will see how this all plays out. Yes, we will. Please subscribe to the JS Today's podcast and Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Jays for Days Pod. We'll be back, I guess, next week. I don't know. We'll figure it out. At least, at least in the next seven days, we can we can uh, we can guarantee that. But until then, take care of yourselves. Oh, wow, that just got attacked by my own throat. Anyways, take care of yourselves. I'm gonna try to do the same. Jeez, and uh, we'll be back here uh, in uh, the next few days. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Jays for Days podcast. I'm Josh. He's Josh. We'll see you later.